to I Love This Thing So Freaking Much, a podcast about passion. My name is Sophie Katz, and today I am joined by Madeline Dyer, a YA author and anthologist. She has an MFA in creative writing and is represented by Erin Clyburn at Howland Literary. Welcome to the show, Madeline. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have you here. So here's how this works. Madeline will have three minutes to talk about something that she loves. This can be a person, place, thing, concept, activity, anything she wants. Our only requirement is that she loves it wholeheartedly and wants to tell us why. Are you ready, Madeline? I am ready. Good. Got my timer here. Now, what do you love so freaking much? So I absolutely love when I'm reading a young adult book and there is asexual representation in it. So I am ace. I am an ace writer who often writes ace characters. And I just love when we get these characters popping up in popular culture because it's so refreshing and exciting. And obviously we need more education and awareness about asexuality and aspect. And just we need more of us in books to combat stereotypes and help readers who may be struggling with their identity or sexuality and questioning sort of who they are, what they're feeling, what they might not be feeling. And yeah, just seeing ourselves in books is so, so wonderful. I write books under three different pen names. So I write as Madeline Dyer, Ellen Dyer and Ellen Annalise. And almost all of my books do have ace characters in them. And I just love how in ace representation in fiction, you can see such a wide breadth of the ace spectrum represented by so many different characters because obviously there's not just one way to be ace you can be ace in so many different ways and that's what I really appreciate when I discover like a new book that's got ace rep in so some of the books I've read recently that I really love of course we've got Loveless by Alice Oseman and that is phenomenal ace arrow rep just such an amazing book and then recently I was also reading Before We Were Blue by E.J. Schwartz. And that one, I went into it not knowing there was going to be Ace Rep. So when this character popped up and she was like questioning whether she was Ace, I was so excited because I'd fallen in love with that book already. And that was just like so, so beautiful to then find like this extra layer that I could just like really adore and appreciate in this book. And yeah, I am also the editor of an upcoming anthology, Being Ace. Although by the time this podcast goes out, the book will be out. And this is an anthology of queer, trans, femme and disabled stories of asexual love and connection. So our subtitle there is really reflecting who the writers are. And we've got 14 unique stories by different authors, all of whom are A-spec, writing A-spec characters. And yeah, we're just showing that there's no one way to be ace. We've got ace characters in space we've got them fighting like werewolves being slayers killing monsters we've got some contemporary stories we've got some that are historical fantasy secrets and folklore so yeah the idea is that we've really got these stories and characters where we'll be pretty much something for everyone something that you'll be able to connect to and yeah we're bringing more ace rap into the world which i am so excited about and yeah, like just having like a representation is... Go ahead and finish with that. It's something that I feel really passionate about, just making sure that everyone out there is having like access to these books that have ace characters in. That's wonderful. Thank you for telling us about asexual representation today. Thank you. You talked about the importance of, and the, the joy you get from seeing yourself and people like you in books. Can you talk a little bit more about that experience? So when I was a teenager, I didn't really know what asexuality was. And 
I was reading all these books and just kind of like assuming that okay like everyone had to feel sexual attraction because so many books just centered around that so if I had been able to find a novel when I was a teenager that centered a character I would have been able to see myself and it would help me feel like less alone it would have been less worrying that maybe there was something wrong with me so from the educational perspective just like having these books out there so that people can see themselves in these books and know that asexuality is a thing and that it doesn't mean that they're broken that they've got a hormone disorder that there's something wrong with them because those are the common things that people will say to people that come out as ace there's so much like pathologizing around asexuality where people think that it means that there's a medical disorder and there isn't asexuality is a sexuality and yeah so that's why I think it's just so so important to be able to see ourselves in books because it just it's going to be reassuring to readers out there who are questioning whether they're ace as well. Yeah that was absolutely my experience with all kinds of media growing up even if it isn't strictly a romance story a romance book or movie or game there's still going to be that sexual relationship or at least the implication of it if it's a video game with a romance subplot then the the final scene where the characters get together is them having sex there's just this expectation that this is what's normal which you're right it makes it very difficult for people to realize that there is another option and that other option is healthy exactly yeah and I just think it needs to be normalized and be put out where it's like this is a thing and it's not a problem So let's talk a little bit more about that. You mentioned some of the stereotypes, the things that people tend to believe about ace or asexual people, that that there's something wrong, that there's something broken. So what is, what's the other side of that? What are the ways that are better to represent asexual people in literature? If you're going to write an ace character, please state that they are actually ace or ace spec in the narrative itself. Don't lead it up to like interpretation because then you'll get some people that are saying like that character is not ace. They're just not interested at the moment or something. And I really appreciate it when you have multiple ace characters in the same story because then you can portray different ace spec identities and you're combating the assumption that there's only one way to be asexual, which is often the stereotype of people being cold and like robotic and emotionless. So obviously avoiding those um, sort of character traits, stereotypes is great. But I really think that like if you could include more than one character and just show that these two characters might be ace, but they could still be completely different to each other. Because after all, asexuality is not a personality trait. So these characters are going to have completely different personalities. And I love it also when you show your ace characters forming strong relationships with others, like whether these are familial or romantic or platonic relationships, just showing that these characters aren't isolated because that is another stereotype that I do see quite a lot that is quite harmful, especially when you're looking like popular culture and TV, the characters that people sort of either state are ace um, or assume that they must be because they just don't sort of act in like the normative ways. And after all, something like 1% of the population is ace or on the ace spectrum. But because there's just so little education and awareness around it, so many people that are ace aren't actually going to know that that's what they are. 1% of the population, it sounds like not a lot, but also there's a heck of a lot of people on this planet. Exactly, yeah. But there are so many ace people out there, and that's why we need more ace stories to accurately reflect our experiences. 
Yeah, you mentioned that one of the challenges of representation is when you only have one example, that there's so much pressure on that example to be representative when it's really impossible because there's no one way to be any kind of human. But when you have only one example, that becomes the example. This is what it is to be an ace person. So the more representation we have, either within a single story or as many stories as possible, that can only be better. Exactly, yeah. There's so many different sub-identities that come under asexual as well, and I don't think a lot of people realise, because you've got like grey asexual, like demi, there's all these um, like labels as well, which can be really, really helpful for people that are wondering who they are, and finding a label that actually like fits what they experience and feel. So tell me a little more about your writing and how you contribute to creating asexual representation. Sure, so... In my most recently released novel, um, it's called The Rhythm of Myself, and I wrote that one as Ellen Dyer. So this is um, aromantic and asexual ballet dancers with deadly secrets. And in that story, I was really adamant I was going to have more than one ace character. So I've actually got three ace-like characters, and I really wanted to show how these characters are so like individual and so different. So we've got Taryn, who is the main character, and she is sex repulsed, asexual, aromantic, and wants to stay single. But that's not what the story is about. The story is about her struggling with grief over her twin sister's death, and she hallucinates her sister. But ballet is her number one priority, and she really wants a career in a romantic ballet company. And she realizes that all ballets are based on love stories, but she's aromantic. She's thinking, okay, I'm going to have to try and perform romance so that's like what the book is about from her perspective and then I've got her dance partner Teddy and he is also ace and aromantic but he is sex neutral and he does want to raise a family but again his subplot isn't really about that his subplot is about him struggling with an eating disorder and a heart condition and he is like desperate to be a dancer even if it kills him kind of thing that's his attitude and then it also looks at his strange relationship with his father not only is he sort of like believing his father sees him as weak and sort of unmanly because he's a ballet dancer, but because like he's got an eating disorder that is typically a female centric space. And that doesn't even take into effect the stigma that cis men often face when they come out as ace as well. So already, hopefully you can see that there's a lot of different ways that I'm sort of linking in the asexuality into like the different subplots in this book without the book actually being about asexuality because it's ultimately a story about dancers with really deadly secrets. And the third ace character in this, she is demisexual, she's called Victoria, she's sex positive, romantic, and she's in a sexual relationship. And I thought that was kind of important to show as well, because there are a lot of ace people out there who are still in sexual relationships. And just because you're ace, it doesn't mean that you can't be. It's always down to that individual person. So in this story, um, in the rhythm of myself, Victoria is the antagonistic character. And she's pitted against my other two main characters. And her subplot is all about a revenge storyline. So... Yeah, that's how like, I chose to approach asexuality and how I was bringing in all these different discourses around it and looking at the real world implications of it without making it a story that is just about asexuality. It sounds like you've put a lot of work into creating real, well-rounded people who have a lot going on as people do. And there, there are romantic and sexual identities inform who they are and why they are the way they are and factor into their decisions in their lives. But 
it's just one thing about them. Exactly, yeah, because I don't want um, a reader to think, oh yeah, this is the asexual character and the very sexuality is like their only defining personality trait because that perpetuates a harmful stereotype that people that are ace kind of have nothing else going on, which is kind of something that you do see in like TV programs sometimes. So you can understand why people might think that. And I just want to combat that and show being ace is sort of one aspect of her identity. So like Taryn, like she may be ace, but she's also a sister. She's a dancer. She's ambitious. She knows what she wants. She's studying romance in terms of how to perform it in her dancing. And we know exactly what's important to her. And it's almost like, in a way, her asexuality doesn't determine plot in any aspects other than that she knows who she is and she's pretty steadfast in her decision to be true to who she is. Madeline, thank you so much for telling us about something you love today. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about asexual representation or our guest, Madeline, you can find her website in the episode description, along with a link to the Being Ace Anthology, which is now available in the United States and will be releasing in the United Kingdom in mid-November. And if you have something you love so freaking much you want to tell me all about it, consider this your invitation to join the show. I Love This Thing So Freaking Much is a production of Through the Window Media. This episode was directed and edited by Sophie A. Katz. You can find us at Through the Window on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr. That is T-H-R-O-U, the window, at all the social media sites. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and they'll hear from us again soon.